If you're new to Generations Community Church, you may not be aware of the fact that I'm actually a musician. Uh, I went to a conservatory of music and modesty aside, I'm a pretty decent saxophonist. But I wasn't always a pretty decent saxophonist. When I started off in fifth grade and sixth grade, I mean, it, it kind of sounded like a seal being bludgeoned. I mean, that's the sounds that I was able to get emanating from that brass instrument. And I really didn't care. I didn't care how it sounded. It didn't bother me at all until seventh grade. In seventh grade, uh, it kept me from the A honor roll. Now, I actually, this is my actual report card, which I brought with me. So for you middle schoolers, you can see what it was back in the day. You can see that there, you get the class grade, and then you were graded on citizenship. Notice uh, uh, industrial, uh, what's that called? Uh, industrial education, shop. I'm old enough that I had shop, right? Okay, so as you can see, there's all these A's, English, health, even physical education for me, <laughs> social studies, A, A, even shop, A, but what's the thing keeping me out? Band. Oh, I was so mad at Mr. Sills for giving me a B and, and I fumed about it and I was mad about it and, and my dad kept telling me, son, you just need to go talk to him. You need to ask what you can do to get an A. And I just, I didn't wanna do it. And all year, apparently, seventh grade, I resisted the urge, but man, I was mad at Mr. Sills. Well, I, at the end of the year, I went in and I was like, what do I need to do? And he said, well, all you have to do is practice five days a week, 30 minutes a day. No matter how bad you are, I'll give you an A. <sighs> That's all? So I did that and I practiced, not because I wanted to practice, I didn't care how I sounded like, but man, I wanted that A. For much of my young adult life, that was me. I didn't wanna ask people things. Oh, he'll say no. Oh, they're busy. Uh, I just don't wanna bother them. And I, I was dogged by this not asking. And I also lacked persistence. If I asked somebody once and they said no, I was like, okay. And I would walk away, <laughs> sometimes sulking because you know I got a no. I knew it was gonna be a no anyway. So I, I lacked asking and I lacked persistence. And because of that, for a lot of my young adult life, I missed out on some big things. I missed out on some big things. Gang, prayer is not a one and done. Prayer requires persistence. Prayer requires persistence. My Pentecostal friends will say, oh, I laid it on the altar. And I'm like, that's great, but that's not enough. Are you crazy? One and done? That, you know, no, look, I'm a dad. I know how this works. When one of my kids comes to me about something over and over and over and over and over, do you feel the intensity now? And I'm not just talking about one day or one hour. I'm talking about weeks and months. When one of my kids does that, I know they're committed. I know they're, I know they're serious. Uh, John Mark Vanderpool was that kid in upper elementary school. So. Rare for me, I'm gonna share a kid story today. John Mark 
when he was in fourth grade, fifth grade, wanted nothing more than to be operating sound. Anything with buttons, controls, he was all over it as, a, as an elementary school kid. And he would beg, please, I can do this. I can do a better job than those adults there. He was probably right, but you know, he, and it got so intense and so bad. You don't know this, number one, but we made an arrangement with Pastor Isaiah and made him the fall guy. And he agreed to be the boogeyman who created the rule that you had to be in high school to run sound and middle school to run media. And so for a long time, man, that Pastor Isaiah is an idiot. I'm telling you. And he wanted it. Well, guess what? Today, you know, modesty aside, he's one of the better sound engineers around, right? Persistence, he really, really wanted that. Prayer requires that kind of persistence. Tucked away in Matthew's gospel are four verses that I wanna cover today, four verses about persisting in prayer, asking, seeking, and knocking. And that's where we're gonna camp out today. Matthew chapter seven, verses seven and following. And I'll read from the New Living Translation. Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. In this context, in the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ, Jesus is wanting us to see that God is our Father. God is your father and you're his child and he loves you and he hears you ask. Ask. You don't have to butter him up. You don't have to wait till he's in a good mood. How many of you had an experience as a kid? Don't talk to your father. Don't ask your father. He's in a bad mood today. And you knew, I can't ask for the car. I can't ask for 20 bucks. Like, I'm gonna get my hand chopped off, right? Yeah, it happens. God's not like that. God's not like that at all. Jesus tells us that in Matthew, in the next couple of verses, he says this, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not, of course not. So if you sinful parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? Bread and fish are staples. They're the staples, they're the basics. Now a father might say yes. Yes, absolutely, here's some bread. A father might say no. It'll spoil your dinner. I don't have any, right? A father might say there's something better, just wait. Not now, I got something else. Jesus is stating in these verses that God would never give something bad or evil to his children. God's not like that, God is a good God. Does it mean you get whatever you ask? No. Every, I've asked my earthly dad many things and I've had the whole gamut of yes, no, and something else. And through it, as a sinner as my dad was, and I'm a sinner, he actually loved me and I got to saw when I became an adult that he had my best interests at heart. I didn't see that when I was a teenager, but I see that now in my 40s, right? And so we don't always get what we ask, but I would challenge you to ask 
when you're praying and you're asking for something that's connected to Jesus' kingdom, don't be afraid to ask for something big. Uh, I love this story from Haddon Robinson. Haddon Robinson was the big-eared uh, preacher of preachers. Uh, he taught expository preaching for years. And um, for, a, for a while, he was the president of Denver Theological Seminary. And while he was at Denver Theological Seminary, they needed a new phone system. And it was gonna cost a lot of money. So he went and approached one of the local businessmen in Denver, uh, who was a supporter of DTS, and sat down with the fella, and the guy, how much is it gonna cost, Dr. Robinson? $20,000. How much do you want me to give? Well, if you could give $1,000, that would, that would get us 120th toward our goal, that would be awesome. The man got out his checkbook, wrote a check for $1,000, slid it across the table, and then said to Dr. Robinson, you just insulted me. I'm sorry, and, and Dr. Robinson's like, I'm sorry, I, I realize I shouldn't, I shouldn't be asking for $1,000 outright, and the guy starts laughing, he says, no, no, no. Either you, don't, you ha don't have an awareness of my financial capacity, or you think I'm a skinflint, you think I'm stingy. It's one or the other, but in either case, you insulted me. You should have asked me for $20,000. I would have written you a check today. So Dr. Robinson, bless his heart, learned a $19,000 lesson on asking big, right? Now, when I say ask big, I'm not talking about, God, give me a big house. God, give me that Audi. God, give me that VW bus. Who prays that? Some people do. Give me that VW bus, right? So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about kingdom stuff like, God, help me to win my friends over to the gospel. Help the, I want the gospel to be appealing to them. God, we prayed for a, a long time that the food pantry would go from distribution to storefront. God, help the food pantry to go storefront. That was a big jump, a big set of expenses. Like it's, from my vantage point, it seemed impossible. And yet, boom, God delighted in blowing down those doors. So don't be afraid to ask big when it comes to kingdom things, right? So there's some things in this verse that I wanna pack, pack out, okay? Ask. The second one is keep on seeking and you will find. Seek searching for something, looking for something. When, when our youngest Maddie was three, four, and five years old, she had a bee in her bonnet and she scowled the ground everywhere she went, do, 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 looking for change and money. True story, every time, every parking lot, every time we went on a walk, she, and do you know by the time she was five years old, she had found $20, $20 on the ground that people had left in coinage, Maddie Vanderpool. She was searching and she was diligent in searching. Um, seeking means coming to God with a, Lord, what can I do to be part of your answer to my prayer? What can I do to be part of your answer to my prayer? And it means a willingness to obey, a willingness to do anything, like scrub toilets, change diapers, work in retail, anything to be part of God's answer to your prayer. When I was a seminary student, do you know what I did to help pay for seminary? I sold beer, lotto tickets, and cigarettes. <laughs> and I learned a lot doing that, by the way. 
Um, and I can't tell you how many seminarians I'll meet where the only job they can have is related to their calling, right? And so many of us, we want God to do something big in our life, but we're not willing to be part of the answer to that. Let me tell you what seeking is not, okay? Here's some things seeking is not. God, make my marriage awesome. I'm not gonna forgive my husband. I'm not gonna forgive my spouse, but God, make my marriage awesome. Seeking is not, God, make us a team. I am not submitting to Gary's leadership. Gary is a jerk, but God, make us a team, right? That is not seeking. Seeking is not, God, give me a raise. Help me with my bills, but I can't tithe or give on anything you give me, right? Uh, God, give me an A this semester. I'm gonna cut class a lot and I'm not gonna study, but I really need this A, God, okay? That's not seeking. Seeking is what can I do to be part of your answer to my prayer. And the last little part, keep on knocking, keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Knocking is where we get persistence. In fact, all of these verbs used are not ask, seek, knock. The way the verb is appropriately translated is keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep on keeping on, keep at it, keep praying, keep praying. God views my persistence the same way I viewed it in my children. When I'm persistent in praying for something, God's like, oh, that one's serious. That one means it. Um, knocking and knocking and knocking and persisting in this way also changes me. I don't know if you know this, but we talk about prayer being a conversation, a back and forth. Uh, and in this back and forth, in this wrestling with God and negotiating with God, God changes me as I'm praying, changes my heart. Um, the old-fashioned folks call it becoming holy. God makes me good in that process. Um, it's what happened to Jesus in the garden when he asked that the cup would pass. It's what happened to Paul when he asked and begged the thorn to be removed. The irony is that in this wrestling, in this persistent praying, do you know what I found to be true? God has been asking and seeking and knocking too. God has wanted to get my attention. God has wanted to get my heart. God has wanted to, me to completely trust him and surrender in this negotiating dance that we do in prayer. Is it possible, is it possible, if prayer has this tenacious, persistent quality to it, is it possible you've given up on prayer a little too early? Is it possible? What if there's more to prayer, more to the relationship than just the requests or just the outcomes? What if it takes a little persistence? I have some ways to take this home. And the first is just don't stop praying. Please don't stop praying. Please don't stop praying. Please. My dad uh, prayed for my mom for 25 years and then mom got a cancer diagnosis and all of a sudden was interested in God, submitted to Christian baptism. All during those 25 years when I was a teenager and a young adult, I thought my dad was nuts. Dad, you're praying for something that's never gonna happen, but he persisted. 
I have a friend who uh, got to be part of his grandfather. His grandfather turned 82 years old and he got to be part of his grandfather going, uh, his grandfather got a cancer diagnosis and decided, you know what? All my life I've been running for God. I think Jesus is who he said he was. Come on in. I'm opening up everything to you, God. And, and that grandfather had had a friend in college, a college buddy of his who had just been, you know, you need to, I'm telling you, right, witnessing. And so this friend of mine contacted this college friend of his grandfather's. And here's the, the other part of the story. That guy, for every person that he had witnessed to, in the back of his Bible, he had written their names. And that, my friend's grandfather, was the only name that hadn't had a check mark. And so he had been praying for 60 years for him. 60 years, can you imagine praying for something for 60 years? Don't stop praying. The second part of that is, don't stop believing that God is good. I say that because of what's in Hebrews. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from the dead. But, but, Others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed by the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Never give up believing that God is good. When Jesus was in the garden and he was begging the Father, let this cup pass, did that cup pass? No. Was God still good? Yes. So don't stop believing that God is good. And lastly, never underestimate how God wants to change you through prayer. There were two prayers that I prayed consistently when I was a young man. God, make me wise beyond my years. Give me the wisdom of Solomon. Make me wise beyond my years. And the second prayer I prayed regularly and consistently was, God, I want to serve someplace the same place for 25 years or more. Open a door so that I can serve somewhere for at least 25 years. Now, I had in my mind when I prayed that second prayer, Rick Warren, who served in the same place for, guess what, over 25 years. And when I prayed that prayer, I was thinking of the success of Rick Warren. Now, I've come to realize in my advanced middle age, it's unlikely I'm going to be famous for anything other than bad cooking. And, and so uh, what I've noticed is that God actually answered that prayer 
by changing me. As it turns out, I am gonna get to serve someplace for over 25 years. And I've, I've, my whole life, a good chunk of it is about making, how can I make Jessamine County a better place? How can I leave it better than I found it? How can I bless others because God has blessed me? Filling and walking out that Abrahamic blessing. How can I point people to Jesus, right? So God took that prayer, he's answering it, not the way that I intended it when I prayed it, but he's changed me in order to walk that prayer out and answer that prayer in a very real and and tangible way. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep on believing. Prayer is not a one and done, prayer requires persistence.